You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We're going through our series called Unwavering. Okay, Welcome back to our series. And if you have been with us the past four weeks, we have actually crossed we have crossed the halfway mark. Okay, malapit na po tayong matapos sa ating series. So far, sino dito na bless sa series natin? Come on. I pray that our faith, our faith in God, we're all growing. Amen. That's our, that's our prayer. Now, if you have missed, okay, if you have missed some of our preachings, you can actually download our Victory Alabang app in Google Play or in the iTunes Store and download right away. It's free. And then start to listen. Yung mga nakamiss po. Meron ba nakamiss ng mga Sundays dito? Okay, you can actually go and Google and listen to our podcast. Now, so far, we are studying the life and faith of who? Abraham, right? Abraham. We all know how the Apostle Paul describes him in Romans chapter 4, verse 21. Paul describes Abraham as one who did not waver through unbelief, regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Now, we all know that he is the father of faith. Diba? He is the all-time Hall of Famer in the Hall of Faith. Okay? But just like you and me, everybody say, you and me. All right? Just like you and me, Abraham also had to go through the ups and downs, up and down, ups and downs of life. In other words, Abraham was also in a journey of faith. And that's what we have been studying for the past four weeks. Tinitingnan natin yung journey ni Abraham, okay? But along with his faith journey, actually, if you talk about it, how many of you know that you are also in a faith journey? All of us are in a faith journey. But along with this faith journey that we have comes this very, very serious word, that we simply come to love it or we simply come to hate it. We can love this word or you can hate it. Okay? And the word is this. It's called waiting. How many of us love to wait? Okay, like for example, you know, like for example, you love to wait in lines. How many of you just enjoy waiting? In line, okay? every single day of our lives, this is what we do. We wait, we wait, we wait in lines. Long lines sa bathroom, in the, di ba? Pag nasa bahay, pag marami kayo sa pamilya. We were like eight in the family, okay? Including my mom and dad. And we had only one bathroom. Can you imagine the wait? Okay, so what I would do, I would wake up 5 a.m. so that I can get to the bathroom ahead of them. So, ganun ginagawa ko para lang makapasok kung di ako malate. But how many of you know that you wait in the house? Tapos, when you go out of the house, you also wait in line dun sa jeep o kaya sa tricycle station, right? Or sa bus station. How many of you wait in long lines? Ano, di ba? Okay, just a few of you. Alright. Okay. Waiting is just a part of our lives. How many of you love to wait in traffic? Okay, yung, yung pastor, grabe, traffic na naman, enjoy na enjoy ko to. I mean, if you do that, you know, wow, it's traffic. 
I love it. How many of you actually enjoy the traffic? No, okay. Or how many of you love waiting for the perfect woman or the perfect man in your life? Okay? Uh, sobrang tagal na waiting, no? <laughs> but you know what they say about waiting, di ba? Do you know what they say about waiting? They say that good things come to those who wait. So how many of you love to wait? How many of you hate to wait? Be honest. Well, we don't want that. But when it comes to waiting on the Lord, okay, how good are we in waiting? But how good are we when we wait on the Lord? How good are we? The question that we need to answer is, how good are you in waiting on the Lord? And, and what we're going to do today is study again the faith of Abraham. How good was Abraham waiting on the Lord? And I want you to stand on your feet and open your Bibles with me to two, to two different chapters. Genesis chapter 16, verses 1 to 6, and Genesis chapter 17, verse 1 to 3. Alright, so if you can read it with me, well and good. Ready? One, two, three. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold, now the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abraham listened to the voice of Sarai. So after Abraham had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abraham's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abraham, her husband, as a wife. And he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt with her, on her mistress. And Sarai said to Abraham, May the wrong done to me. Be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abraham said to Sarai, Behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. Let's go to uh, chapter 17, verse 1. It says, When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. And last in verse 3 says, Then Abraham fell on his face. Let's just bow down our heads. Father, it is our desire today to ask, that you open our spiritual eyes. May we truly understand your word. Give us wisdom and understanding. Holy Spirit, touch every person who's here today. Bless us, Lord God. Minister to your people today. Bless the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Since God made that promise in Genesis chapter 12, 10 years later to Genesis chapter 16, which we read today, it was 10 years. Okay, How many of you know that 10 years is so long? 
my son, when he was growing up, you know, loves to watch SpongeBob. And SpongeBob would always say, 10 years later. Remember that? Diba? When you say, ah, gano ba katagal yan? 10 years. Or remember that? Why? Because it's a long wait. So 10 years later, in chapter 16, nothing was happening, nothing was going on. God made a promise to Abraham. He sealed it with His covenant, but nothing was still happening. Let's look at the verse. It says in verse 1, Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. Now, there's no son, no child, no heir to Abraham. It must have been quite disappointing. You got so excited. Somebody said, uh, I'm going to bless you with an inheritance. Probably your great-grandfather told you, or your lolo, an, uh, grandchild, or okay, anak, I promise that all this tong hasyendang ito, ibibigay ko sa'yo. Diba? Hanagayang bibigay niya, pero antagal, 10 years. It's kind of like that. It was a it was a difficult, frustrating, and stressful wait. How many of you know that when you wait, actually you become stressed? Long lines. Right? Long lines. Think about long lines. Waiting in long lines. Hindi pa 10 years yun. 10 years of waiting for this wonderful promise of God and nothing was happening. Okay? But in the same verse, you know what's interesting? In that same verse... For the first time, Hagar's name is not revealed. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. Now, where did this character come from? If you remember, if you remember when God asked Abraham to leave his country, right? His family, go to the land, I will show you. He went to Canaan, the promised land, right? And when he was there, what happened was there was famine, correct? And then what happened? They, they decided, since there's famine here, I'm going to go to Egypt. And because Sarah was a beautiful woman, Abraham got scared of his life. He said to Sarah, lie for me that you are my sister. Don't tell that you're the wife. So the Egyptian pharaoh got Sarah, right? And then wanted her to be his wife. So imagine that. But with that came along the blessing. There was a dowry, and part of that blessing was actually having servants. In effect, Hagar came into the picture when Abraham basically did not stay in his promised land, right? He did not obey God, and he went to Egypt. Well, he got rich. Remember? Remember the story? Yumaman si Abraham, kasama niya si Lot. Diba? Remember that story? So, this is the person that they receive. The question in our mind is this. What happens when waiting for God's promises seem so long? What do you do when God has promised you something big and great and awesome but it seems like, God, you're taking so long to fulfill this. How many of you felt that? But here you are. You are believing God for His promises. Lord, I'm believing you for this. I'm believing you for that. You've been praying. 
you've been praying for, for many years you've been praying, but none was happening. What will you do? You know, for Abraham and Sarai, this is what happened to them. And Sarai said to Abraham, Behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. See, Sarai knew about the promise of God. She knew this in, in chapter 12. Alam niya to. And she also knew that God made a covenant. And she also knew that Abraham, right, will have his own son. But she was barren. She couldn't actually give Abraham a son. Now, take with me for a while. Ten years to. Ten years from the time that Abraham received it. Maybe in the first year, they were excited. You know, honey, we're going to have our own kid. Yes. So, of course, you know, they have to do something about that. So, first year happened, they were excited and no kid. Second year came. It says, come on. It's not at the end. Come on, let's, let's try again. Second year, nothing happened. Third year, nothing happened. Fifth year, nothing happened. And you're on your eighth year, and nothing is happening. You're believing God. You're asking God, God, baka ito na. Eighth year, ninth year, and nag-tenth year na. Nothing was happening. Sarah said, Behold, now the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Do you know, do you know the impact of that for a woman like Sarai? You see, barrenness was actually considered in the ancient times, it was actually considered a judgment of God. That's how they viewed it. In fact, ancient peoples did not yet understand the physiology of a human being. Okay, They only knew that a woman would carry the seed. They don't know, they don't understand anything about that. She was just to receive the seed of Abraham and that's it. If you lived in their in their times, okay, it meant that God, who was responsible for the creation in the womb, would be the same God that will open her womb and give her that, right? But nothing was happening. That's why Sarah said, the Lord had prevented me. And what that means is that because the Lord had prevented me, there is a problem now with our marriage. It's kind of shaky. You know why? Because failure to deliver children to the family would tantamount actually for you to having a divorce. Actually, you even hear that, di ba? Dahil hindi, na, hindi nagkaanak, nag-split na lang. It was so true in Abraham's time. So think about, think about Sarai's feelings. I mean, she... She did her best. Nothing was happening. And to top it all off, it was a shameful thing that you are not able to do your role as a mother. As a wife and a mother. You cannot. You can't. It was shame. You need to understand that Abraham was a patriarch and Sarai was the matriarch. So it was a large tribe. Remember, they had about 318 servants that fought the battle with Abraham, right? So could you just imagine that they had hundreds or probably thousands of people living in their household? 
And nothing was happening for her. She was barren. It was a shame. No son, no heir. Question, what happens when waiting for God's promises seem so long? Well, we have a tendency to do this. We make conclusions. We make our own conclusions. Just because nothing is happening for you, you make your own conclusions. Kind of like Sarai. Sarai made her own conclusion that God prevented me from having a child. Now, that's quite dangerous when we make our own assumption about God, especially when His promises are not happening yet. How many of you know this? Have you ever heard yourself, okay, ikaw mismo, saying this to yourself, maybe God is not listening to my prayer. How about this? Uh, maybe God does not care. Or maybe God is punishing me. Make your own conclusions. You know, maybe, maybe that's why that's happening in their lives. And, you know, it, it cannot happen to you, but it's happening in a, you know, kabrad mo, sister mo, ah, siguro ganyan nangyayari kasi. We somehow make our own conclusions not understanding what God is doing. Maybe God does not love me. See, if we're not careful while waiting for God, we can make our own conclusions in our minds. And when you do, when you make conclusions in your mind, maybe, 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 probably, ganito ginagawa ni Lord, what happens? It can actually influence your decision in life. How many of you know that's true? Diba? It actually influences how you Lead your life. If you look at the life of, of Sarai, she was frustrated, she was depressed, discouraged, she was ashamed. So what happened? She made her own conclusion. Maybe, maybe it's not me who will bear the child. Maybe somebody else can bear your child. It led her to verse 2 that says, Go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abraham, listen to her, to the voice of Sarai. Sarai did something that goes against the nature of women. And that is to give another woman to her husband. You don't do it. It's not natural. It's not. How many ladies in the house do we have, Right? Hindi natural yun, di ba? You will not. No way. No, 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 no. I will not share my husband to anybody. Of course. But she did the most unnatural thing. She gave her servant to her husband to be his wife. Now, during their time, it was culturally accepted. It was legal. Okay? It was legal for them. If you're not bearing a child, you can get another wife. Yeah, it was quite legal for them, but not in the sight of God. You need to understand that God, God's intention for marriage was for one. Adam and Eve. The two become one. Not two or three or four. No, the two. That's the heart of God. 
But during that time, it was called a surrogate adoption. When Hagar would deliver a child, that would mean if, if Hagar would deliver a son, right? It means that you do not own your son. It belongs to Abraham and Sarah. That's what it really meant. There was a surrogate adoption. So, in an effort to help God out, okay, she allowed her husband to make her servant pregnant. How many of you, okay, how many of you love to help God out? Sometimes, you know, in our waiting, we have this tendency of helping God out. Right? Lord, ako na lang. You're not alone. Kasama naman din ako doon. I'm also guilty of that. After all, we have this saying in Filipino, di ba? Yung nasa Dios ang awa, nasa tao ang gawa, right? And how many of us, from time to time, we try to help God out? Do you know what happens? Do you know when we help God out? Do you know what it's called? Well, we, you know what really happens? We actually make compromises. When you want to help God out, ako na, ako na, I'm going to do this on my flesh. We make shortcuts, we cut corners, we compromise the promise of God. In other words, we sin. That's what happens. Let's continue. In verse 3, he says there, So after Abraham had lived, Ten years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her servant, and gave Abraham, her husband, as a wife. Wow. You need to understand, it was already ten years, all right? But what happens when waiting for God's promises seems so long? Well, we actually make consequences. Everybody say Consequences. We make our own consequences. Let me read in verse 4, it says, And he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with what? Contempt on her mistress. You know what contempt means? It's this. You, you kind of render someone ineligible, or in other words, disqualified to receive a blessing. In other words, when Hagar was looking at Sarai, she was looking at Sarah as someone who is worthless. You're barren. That's how she looked at Sarai. Hagar looked at Sarai as someone worthless. No one, no one understood the feelings of Sarai at that time. She was barren, and yet somebody now is trying to take her place. You need to understand that Hagar was a slave, elevated now to wife. And because I conceived, not you, right? It proves a whole point. Abraham is not barren. You are. And we don't need you. There was contempt already. That's the way she looked at Sarai. When we sin, we make consequences, right? And most of the time, these consequences are painful. We don't realize that when we sin against God, there are consequences far beyond what we have imagined. Let's look. Let's continue. 
in verse 5. And Sarai said to Abraham, May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. Sarai was in real pain. Are you seeing it? She was the first. She was the love of Abraham's life. They were believing God, praying. But yet now, somebody now is trying to take her place. And that's the consequence of her own action. Right? Also the action of Abraham. Why? Because Abraham agreed. He agreed. It can hurt us big time. You see, when we compromise, we bring pain to our lives. When we compromise, we actually complicate our lives. Look at what happened to Abraham. This is what Abraham tells Sarai. It was already getting worse. Right? So, there was nothing going on, and then finally she gets Hagar, and then suddenly it's complicated. Hmm. Look at what Abraham tells Sarai in verse 6. But Abraham said to Sarai, Behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarai dealt harshly. Everybody say harshly. Harshly with her. And she fled from her. Now, without even thinking, okay? This is Abraham. Without even thinking that Hagar was bearing her son, she, she tells Sarai, Bahala ka na. Gawin mo nang gusto mong gawin. Kung gusto mo, patayin mo na. Parang ganun. Not thinking that she was bearing her son. Both their compromise would not just complicate their lives, but guess what? It will also ruin the life of another. You know, when we make compromises in life, when we, when we sin against God, yeah, it complicates things, but you also ruin some people's life. Hagar's life, we all know he, she fled, she ran away. But guess what? If you read through verse 7 to 16, which is, you know, we don't re really have that much time, but if you read through verse 7 to 16, God actually had compassion on Hagar. In fact, God listened to her, God saw her, her anguish, and in fact, God blessed her. Here's the question. What was God doing all those times? That's the question. You can find it in chapter 17, verse 1. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him. Now, when Abraham had Ishmael, basically Hagar gave birth now to Ishmael, right? Sabi ni angel of the Lord, you know, give this name Ishmael for God sees your affliction. That's the, the meaning of it. And he was about 86 years old. Now, in chapter 17, verse 1, guess what? The Lord appears when he was 99 years old. So, 13 years later, God appears and speaks to Abraham. The question is, why? Right? What was he really doing? What does God do when we fail? Well, number one, this is my first point, he is silent. 13 years, didn't talk to Abraham. 
Okay? No promise, no covenant, no nothing. 13 years passed in the life of Abraham. The Bible does not even mention that God was speaking. Why? Because sometimes the only way God speaks to us is when He is silent. Sometimes the only way God can really speak to us is when He is silent. Isn't that true? When God is silent and we go through our messiness of life, you ever experienced that? Nagkakagulubuhay natin. It seems like God, ang tahimik mo. Natutulog ba yung Diyos? Is He really sleeping? God is silent. We realize that when God is silent, guess what? We realize that we have not pleased God. Right? We realize that we have hurt a loving God. You see, God may be silent, but He is not absent. Amen. God may be silent in our lives, but He is never absent. Now, His silence makes us realize that we have sinned. It's interesting because, because God did not rebuke Abraham. Diba? I mean, did you ever see anything there, you know, written that, you know, God rebuked Abraham for getting Hagar as his second wife? No. But God was silent. The reason why He was silent is because He wanted Abraham to realize the gravity of his sin. Sometimes God does that to all of us. And He's so silent. He's so silent until you come to a point, until you come to a point, listen to this, until you come to a point that God, ayoko na. I'm tired of messing up. How many of you felt that at some point in your life, right? God, ayoko na. Tama na. Please. Then this is the time when he comes. So when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. So what does God do when we fail? Number two, he reveals himself as God. In other words, he says, Hey, Abraham, I am still your God. Despite your failures, despite all the mess up that you have done, guess what? I am still your God. And you and I cannot change who God is. God is a loving and compassionate God. No matter what failures we have done in the past, God is a compassionate God. So He comes to Abraham says, I am Almighty God. This time He says, He's not just saying, I am Yahweh. The song we sang a while ago, Yahweh means I am the God of the past, present, and the future, right? I am. But he says, I am God Almighty. That meant he was El Shaddai. It actually reveals who God is, his person, his character. Do you know what El Shaddai means? El Shaddai means I am God all sufficient. In other words, he's saying, I am God all sufficient. You will never look for anything else. I am so sufficient for you, God says, that you will never need anything ever in your life. God says that. 
That means I am the God Almighty who pours out His blessing, who richly and abundantly and continually gives us His blessing. Wow. God comes and tells us. Every time we, we fail God, guess what? He comes and tells you, I am still your God. Whatever God you have today, guess what? God is saying, I am still your God. I am sufficient. Don't look for blessings away from me. Why? Because if you try to look for other sources of blessings apart from God, guess what? It is temporary. Nothing in this world, no blessing that you think in this world can ever satisfy or fulfill you except God. God is our only source. Amen. Proverbs 10.22, that's why the blessing of the Lord makes rich. And He adds no sorrow with it. Abraham, you know why you're sorrowful today? Well, because you took blessing from someone else and somewhere else. That was God was saying to Abraham. The blessing of the Lord, my blessing, because I am sufficient, I will not add any sorrow. How many of you love to be blessed by God? Amen? No sorrow will He give us when He blesses us. No troubles. That's what we want. Amen. So what does God do when we fail? Last point is this. He tells you to walk before Him and be blameless, right? So in that following verse, it says, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. You know, He says, walk before me and not beside me. God didn't say, no, walk after me. That's what He says, walk before me. He didn't say, walk after me. Walk and then follow me, right? No, no, He said, no, walk before me. It's interesting what He, what he was saying. It means that God is saying is this, I got your back. I got your back. I see all the things that's happening in your life. If you think you can hide from me, uh -uh, I, I see you. I got your back. I see it. God is saying, I'll tell you where to go. Just walk before me. I'll tell you where to go. I'll give you directions. If you go to the left, I'll put you to the right. If you're walking a crooked path, I'm going to put you straight path. And He gives us direction. The only thing that you and I will have to do is listen to the voice of God. Know the voice of God. And He says, be blameless. How? Psalm 86 verse 11 says, Lord, teach me your way. Oh Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. In Psalm 25 verse 4, it says also, make me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. That's how it is. Be blameless. Listen to the voice of God. In verse 2, it says there, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. God reiterates His commitment to Abraham by saying this again. I'm going to say to you one more time. I'm making my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Interesting, right? Think about that. God was silent. Then God reveals Himself as the all-sufficient God. And then He tells him, walk before me and be blameless. So the question, what will you do? 
what will we do? Here's the clincher of all. And it's verse 3. This is what Abraham does. Then Abraham fell on his face. You know what that shows us? Shows us a picture of a man broken before God. Shows us a picture of man repentant, being sorry. God, I'm sorry I messed up. I'm sorry I've sinned against you. So what does that mean to you and me? It's simple. It's just surrender to God. It's just surrender to God. There's nothing we can really do, amen? We just surrender to our God. See, unwavering faith surrenders to the will of God. Amen? If you have not received any blessing yet or the promise of God, if you are in a place of waiting today, I want to encourage you just surrender to God's will. Amen? Maybe some of you have been believing God for breakthroughs. Lord, finance. Lord, trabajo. Lord, paano naman yung family ko? You know, I know, I know all of us go through these things, but to wait on the Lord really means that we surrender to His will. Because God is working in all of us. Amen. Good news is this. That God is working for your good. Amen. God is working for our good. So I want to invite you, if you, if that is you, okay? Medyo, medyo frustrated ka na kay Lord. Medyo tampo ka na kay Lord. Let me just invite you to surrender before God. Okay lang ba? Let's all just lift up our hands. If that's you, just lift it up before God. Lord, you see our hands, Lord God, today. Lord, alam niyo po kung anong nangyayari sa buhay namin. Lord, sometimes we can be impatient. Sometimes we compromise, Lord. But Lord, just like Abraham, Lord, we just want to fall on our knees, fall on our face, or let our hearts fall before you in surrender in asking for your forgiveness. Lord, Lord, if we have not trusted you, if we have looked on our situation, if we have doubted you, Lord, patawarin niyo po kami. And Lord, we surrender, Lord God. Lord, thank you, God, that you are God and nothing will ever change that. You are our God. You are El Shaddai, our all-sufficient God. Lord, we just come and surrender everything to you. Now, the Bible says that, in fact, Jesus says that if you are carrying a heavy burden, just cast your care. Amen? That's you. Just lift it up before you. Lord, I'm going to cast my care. I surrender everything to you. My faults, my failure, Lord God, my lack of faith, my doubts, Lord God. All right, I surrender it to you. And Father, I pray that you minister to your people today. Just take this time when we worship God, let, let the Spirit of God just minister to you today. Lord, we just come 
and ask God that as we surrender before you, Lord God, today, we just bring your spirit upon us. In fact, you know, just take this moment to allow the spirit of God just to touch you today and tell you, you know, I've, I've not given up on you. I'm still here. I'm still God. Well, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Move in the lives of your people today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus.